Heart ready. getting your heart ready I want you to listen to what I'm saying in Corinthians first Corinthians 11 and it's an amazing chapter we got to learn how to read the Bible in its entirety amen not just parts out of it but in its context in the third verse Paul's talking to the church about headship right say Jesus Christ is the head of the church he's Lord of my life and he's head of the church I'm good. You can just stick that. Yeah. Thank you. So he's Lord of our lives. He's head of the church. Paul lays out headship to the church for administration, for just that divine order. And it's amazing. You see him talk about the headship and, and the rule and the headship and the positioning of Christ as administrator. And then he, all of a sudden he shifts into communion. So as you're partaking of communion today, with your eyes closed, say, you know, if there's lordship issues in your life and you need to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, because that's where things begin to change and transform in your life, do that. And then also come under the headship, his administration, his order. Amen? That's how Paul's unfolding it. He goes, but I want you to understand that Christ is the head over every man. God's the head of Christ. He talks about that administration and order. And then he gets to verse 23 and he shifts it into communion. And he says, For I have received with the Lord which was also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in that night which he was betrayed took bread. And he had given thanks. And broken it and said, This is my body. Say that with me. Amen. This is my body. Which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I want you to partake of his body. Whatever it is. If in, and in his body was broken for us. We know that. Redemption. For healings. For provision. He bore all our sickness and carried our diseases. And with his stripes we were healed. Whatever you need in your body. It's in his body. He paid it all. He who knew no sin became sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. And in that body of his was a great exchange. So whatever you need in your body, from his body, partake of it. Receive of it as a point of contact between you and Jesus. If it's healing, if it, whatever it is, he's provided for in his body. And the next level of his body, I want you to think about people around you and this, this culture that we're involved in. The community of God here. Go ahead and partake if you haven't of his body. And go ahead and receive all that comes with it. In the same way, he took the cup also of the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you show forth and proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Go ahead and drink. That's redemption. We've been made right with God. If you have issues in your life that you struggled with sin, redemption in His blood. 
is greater than the transgression. That's the reality of God in Christ. Whatever it is, if you're struggling with condemnation and say, my transgression, your redemption, your blood is greater than my transgression. It makes me right. It makes me stand right. Amen. You put your hand over your heart and just receive that, that grace, his blood, forgiveness, and the forgetting of your past as well. Sometimes we just say, hey, you know, I receive forgiveness. I got the doctrine. I get the idea of redemption. But today you want the experience of it. And not only does he forgive you and you're already forgiven. But he forgets it and removes it. As far as the east is from the west. So we got to choose not to remember it anymore because God's not remembering it anymore. So make the choice in your heart. Say, I'm not going to remember it anymore. Yeah, I was involved in that, but I asked God to forgive me. Therefore, I'm forgiven. And he said, in your transgression, your sins, I will. Say, I will. Not remember them any longer. So if God used the power of volition in his will, so are we too. We're to say the same thing. You know what? I messed up. I screwed up. I'm forgiven, so I will not remember. I will not think on that. I will not entertain that any longer. That's the power of redemption. You know, it's so powerful in Paul's revelation in his life. He says in Timothy somewhere, you know, I've done no man wrong. How could he say that? He, he had people killed. The power of redemption. He said, I've wronged no man. I'm in Christ. I've wronged no man. Amen. Let it be said the same of us. The power of his redemption. I've wronged no man. I'm not under that guilt of the old man. I'm not under that condemnation. I'm not under that constant torment and accusation of Satan. If you got your heart right, say, I've wronged no one. Say that like Paul. I've wronged no man. I'm right with God. I'm forgiven. I've wronged no one. Receive the reality of that in this communion day. It's your exhortation. Say, Lord, put your hand over your heart. Make that real in me. See, Christianity is not a doctrine. It's, it's the book of life. It's a book of an encounter. It's a book of an experience. Say, Lord, I'm receiving. I'm receiving your encouragement today. I'm receiving what your blood has provided for me. Redemption from my past. Washing of my mind and my thinking. Redemption. Forgiving. Forgetting. Going on into perfection. Going on into maturity. Going on with you. Not going over and over and over things. But going on. Unto perfection, unto maturity. Not laying again. Repentance. Faith toward God. Doctrines of baptisms. Not again going over that stuff. But going on. Say going on. With Jesus Christ and the life that you put in me to a higher order, to a higher level, Lord, we're receiving your kingdom that can't be shaken. We're receiving another dimension of Christ as king in our lives.
Amen. You can be seated. Anna, you just keep playing for a moment. I want to encourage you. It's an encouraging day. Amen. I, I know, hey, listen, I know by God that things are going to intensify. I know in 2013, as well as we wanted, we heard some other words that there's greater light that's come and greater light comes. There's more intensity coming. That's why I'm saying if you want change, stick around. Stick around. When greater light comes. See, light unveils things to us. It reveals things to us. It brings revelation. That's why Paul said, pray that the spirit of revelation. It, it unfolds things that are dim. Tell your neighbor, you're one blinder away from seeing. You're one scale away from seeing the reality of God's heart for your life. You're one blinder away. You're one scale away. And so God brings more light to our lives, more light. In 2013, there's more light come. See, light brings light understanding to us, but it also slays things in us. Light enlightens you, but light also inoculates and kills things, just like the sunlight. When people have diseases, the brightness of the light kills those things. Say, I'm arising. I'm shining. His light's coming. It's coming whether you like it or not. Say, I like it. I'm embracing it. His light is coming to us to uncover things in our lives. Say, uncover. So we can discover some things in our lives. And you know what he'll do? He won't leave it that way. He'll recover. Say, recover. Say, the kingdom of God is coming. I want you to keep playing it anyway. Say, his kingdom is coming. In a greater dimension for your life. In a greater dimension for this church. In a greater dimension in America. It is. Light is light, dark is dark. It's becoming distinct and greater, amen? I am not going to plow, but I'm going to encourage today. I want you to know the ways of God, that when God begins to visit you, and begins to show you, and begins to enlighten you, yeah, you're going to grow and He's going to build you. But also, he's gonna, you're going to see things about the old, ugly you. Don't panic. Tell your neighbor, don't panic. That's part of the kingdom. When Christ gets closer to you, when He begins to unfold His kingdom to you, when he begins to show himself to you, you always see yourself as well. Don't panic. Tell your neighbor, don't panic. Say, there's more light coming. Tom, throw up Ephesians 5.11 for me real quick. I'll start in 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. This is Ephesians 5.6 if you're reading. For because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness. Say, I was formerly darkness. But now, say, but now. You are light. Say, I was in darkness. But now I'm light. But you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light. Underline that. Say, we're receiving more light, but there's the fruit of light. There's the fruit of your encounters. There's the fruit of light. But the fruit of light consists of what? All goodness. That's the fruit of light. All righteousness and truth, aletheia. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, do not participate in the fulfillment of the deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them right say god expose it in me see don't panic don't be afraid that's just the way of the kingdom 
You know, it's, it, it's a must be for us in the body of Christ. It's a must be for the church. It's a must be that we allow him to be king in our lives in a real way. It's all about an encounter with Jesus. We can't just play the game and tolerate or we'll become that, that uh, institutional thing. Say, God forbid. No, it's not happening. He's head and he's Lord. I know as for me, as it gets narrower, I can't abide for a moment the institutional thing. I can't abide for a moment that, that prehistoric thing, that thing that has an echo of Jesus but not the voice of Christ. Tell your neighbor, not me, not for a moment. I want to read you something that Bruce DeLay sent me, and uh, it, it was powerful. Anna had wrote that song about make me a disciple. I think I still have it on here somewhere. He said, he was writing it to Anna, and he said, I'm going to read it to you. And he said, I sent a new video. Anna said, I sent you a video. And uh, he goes, yeah. And then he said, uh, this is what I got when I listened to that. It was about make me a disciple, right? He said, I woke up at 4 in the morning today, and I had a couple of statements running through my spirit. And one of them was this, he said, you cannot flirt, say flirt, with true discipleship. You cannot put real discipleship in the outer court. These thoughts are born out of a situation currently going on in, and he said, the, the place that it's going on where he's doing a work. And he goes, and one guy in the church is trying to make disciples. And he says, you've got to have outer court ministry and, and of Jesus to get started. You've got to get new babies who grow into adulthood. And there's nothing wrong with this for people being a child at first. And he said, if we try to throw them into discipleship, and he, starts, he started talking about that. And he said, they'll learn the scripture, and they'll learn the lingo. And they'll flirt with the idea of discipleship and then end up ultimately despising it. True discipleship is rare and is holy. We should remember that the first 12 experience started with the father telling Jesus to choose them. Discipleship didn't really start with their decision to follow. Their decision to follow was a result of his decision to call. And he started, he started reflecting. He said, part of our lives and mine and his together in another, another place in Texas he said the fact that people left all they had and moved there, when we preach discipleship without requiring corresponding commitment, it has no real power. But it has to, has to be him doing the requiring, not us. Anyway, he said sometimes it's just because we don't really have the right mechanisms and the requirements. And he goes on. These days, people, people can go to another church down the street and they can move another city and, and get a job and make money or somewhere or whatever. And I think that in uncertain days ahead, America will become the type of place once again where the Lord Jesus can actually make disciples. If that happens, then we are uniquely prepared. Say, I'm prepared. I, I, I know I am. I'm uniquely prepared. I'm ready. Tell, tell God, I'm ready. I'm ready. If you're not, you're going to get ready. And then he, there's a ton more on it. He talked about different movements. But with your eyes closed, say, God, you know what? I'm not going to do the pretending thing. I'm going to do the real thing with you. And with discipleship, there's a cost. And yeah, there is. And there's some things that I've got to leave and go on to if it's going to be real and more than an echo. If it's going to be a lifestyle. Amen? I'm going to go on with Ephesians now. Say, greater light. Therefore, verse 15, be careful how you walk and not un unwise men, as wa but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Say, the days are evil. They are evil. People are calling good evil and evil good nowadays. It's crazy. So then do not be foolish in understanding. 
what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine. That is this dispensation. But be filled with the Spirit. Say, be filled. Say, be being filled. That's the Greek. Be being filled constantly with God's life. Speaking one to another. That's what we're doing, right? That's what we're attempting to, to, to stand in and, and get out in that waters of. A little deeper, right? Say, body life. Go back to 1 Corinthians with me. I'm, I'm jealous with the jealousy of God to get this thing to build his church and to become this Zion in a real way. We went through 11 and had communion. That's the administration of Jesus, right? Headship of Jesus in his church. But in the 12th chapter, it continues. I heard a man say something and it went off of me. He said, a text, say a text, out of context, out of, out of context is a pretext. Say that with me. A text, a scripture, a single scripture, a text, out of context is a pretext. A pretext is you means you're trying to twist something around to mean something. And that's not going to happen anymore. And I know for my own life, God's tightening things up in my life. The sum of his word is truth. You can't just use a portion of it to justify where you're at or say where you're at. God's asking for excellence in our lives during this time. Say spirit of excellence. Playing fast and loose and sloppy is just not permitted anymore. Amen? How many of you realize, and I've had guys all week know, that God's not winking at areas. It's time for repenting. Things that you played with long time, long time, it's not tolerated anymore. Don't you know that? Don't you feel that? That's because his kingdom's coming even closer in you. Say, I'm not panicking. I'm welcoming his kingdom. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. It says, now concerning spirituals. doesn't say gifts in the original Greek. Verse 1, it says, now concerning spirituals. Brethren, I don't want you to be unaware, or I would not have you ignorant. And he says this, I want you to understand. And I want us to understand here that as and we have body days and body ministry days that we're going to start living this reality. It's a living life. Amen. It, it, we're not going to do that ministerial thing. It's, it's life in you. Christ is in you. You have a part in the body of Christ. It's not just one man. It's a many membered man. Amen. And that you got gifts and you got graces. And then when we get together and God's, yeah, we have governmental gifts. But when God said it's a body ministry day, he said in his church, and Paul's saying, you guys have been ignorant. You've lost understanding. And i got to tell you something, Corinth. You guys, the Corinthians, you were the guys that were led by dumb idols, he says, by mute idols. You were the guys that went around worshiping empty things, Corinthians. And I don't want you to be ignorant that way because it's not how it is in Christ's church, Paul's saying. He said, not in his church. Maybe in the institutional church where everybody sits and sings kumbaya, but not in his church. Maybe in that old thing where everybody just, you know, says a certain echo, but not in his church. It's a living church with a living Christ. Amen. And he said, church, you're missing it. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not understand. I'm going to give you understanding. I want you to get this. The zeal of the Lord consumes me for his house. You know, Jimmy wrote me and he said, man, last last week I, I had a sense of what it would be like when Jesus turned over the money changers tables, he said. Don't you know that that's, the, that's Christ's heart, the sobriety of God? Amen? And if we keep welcoming that, we'll have that change of God. We'll house what he wants housed. Say, the zeal of the Lord of hosts consumes me for my father's house. Not religion's house, my father's house. 
where Jesus Christ is Lord and he's living and he's alive. And you don't serve dumb idols and neither do I. Say, I was born in the kingdom for a time like this. Not to play sloppy, fast, and loose, but to walk narrow in his way in a real way. To have change. They have change. But more than that, transformation. Me and Horace were talking about change. You could have change when you get knowledge of something. Like, man, I'm killing my body. He was telling me about his physical body. He said, I got overweight in a certain thing. Can't tell now because he says me and him are the expendables at the gym. <laughs> we're the old guys, still okay. <laughs> he said, we're like the expendables. But he said, you know, I got to a point where I got really overweight. And, and I said, well, what happened for you? He said, I started not feeling good. My blood pressure, I had to make change. So he made change. He said, I said, what'd you do? He said, I stopped eating this, stopped eating this. And he says, you know, you could do that. Do you know people could do that? Say, that's change. All of us can have change. Simply just by knowledge. You could read a book. Like I said last week, Jimmy read about flying. He could make a change from walking the earth to flying in the air. By knowledge. Say, by knowledge. But transformation, say transformation, comes by God alone. If you're going to be honest and real with you, every one of us have inner demons. You say, not me, man. I don't got no inner demon. Stick around the kingdom a little bit. That thing's going to show up. (laughs) You'll see it show up. And that's part of the kingdom. And as this kingdom gets closer and closer in our lives, the spirit of it. See, we're not talking the rhetoric. We're not talking, you know, uh, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. Or like I told you the weeks before when I was in San Jose, California, don't you want to be a part of his kingdom? We're not talking about that. We're talking about the spirit of it. I've been in those days. I've been in that time. And it's starting to happen again in here. Say your kingdom come. That means your rule come. That means your authority come. That means your dominion come. That means that's the end of me and the beginning of more of you. That's what that means when his kingdom comes. Say it's happening. Say I I welcome it. So he goes on in 1 Corinthians 12 and he says, hey, listen, church, I don't want you ignorant. I don't want you ignorant. You used to follow dumb idols. You know what? Those idols were quiet, he's saying. They weren't alive. They were just dead shapes of things. Some were crazy sexual idols. Some were whatever. They were just shapes. And he said they were dumb, denoting they had no life in them. And he said, because they're dumb and silent, you worship them, you get dumb and silent. But he said, that's not so. I don't want you ignorant. Not in Christ's church. Say, not in his church. Say, not in me. Say, I'm not dumb, and I'm not silent. Those guys who worship dead things, dead religion, a pretense of Christ, a dead thing, they're dumb and silent. They got nothing to say. But you've come to Zion, to the city of the king, and you worship a living God. And you sense a living presence, and that life comes alive in you. Guys like Josh that wrote me the other day, he said, when I seen you, he said, something inside of me began to leak, just like the other guy said. That's Christ in him. He becomes alive, right? He's in you 24-7. And then he becomes a speaking man, right? A living Christ, a speaking man. Say, I'm a man who speaks. Say, I'm a woman who speaks. I got the life of God. I got a living God. I don't serve a dumb idol. I'm not silent. And when I come into his church... I'm definitely not silent. I got something to say. Say, speaking church, living church, living Christ, that's his living Zion. Are you not passionate about it? Because that's the only thing that's going to change the age. Religion's not. It's going to take the edges off you and make you sit and passive and become asleep. 
And Paul said, you got to awake. you got to awake. Say, I'm awakening. And I'm staying awake, remaining awake. And he said, I don't, but dumb idols. And he goes, next verse 3. Therefore, I make known to you. Say, thank you, God, that you make it known to me. No one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. He says no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he's teaching us how, how it works, right? The real Greek doesn't say Jesus is Lord. It says, how does it, how does it word? I read it in the Greek. Let me see if I can find it. It doesn't say Jesus is Lord because I remember when I read it. Because when you say Jesus is Lord, you're releasing a demand in the atmosphere. You're saying he's ruler. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord over my community. Jesus is Lord over my kids. That's a declaration, right, of his authority and who he really is. But when you say Lord Jesus, say Lord Jesus, that's a calling for him. That's a calling for fellowship. And that's what that Greek word really meant. He says, he's not saying Jesus is Lord, his rule, his kingship. No, he's saying Lord Jesus. No one can say but by God's Spirit, in a real way, Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, fellowship. It changes that. Let me see if I can find it for you. Jimmy, can you take this thing before I drop there? Here, Joseph. I think I wrote it down here. One of, the, one of the translators says, hence, to call on the Lord Jesus in this way is to participate. Say participate. And to enjoy and to experience the life of his spirit. See, we're calling on him in that way. The other one we're declaring. One we're calling. He said... One's a warring, like uh, Sarah wrote, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. One's a welcoming, Lord Jesus. No man can say in the proper spirit, Lord Jesus, but by the Holy Spirit, right? right? And he said this, any man who says Jesus is accursed, that word is elathema. To say he's accursed, it says it's a cursed thing, a person, to set apart. When you say Jesus is a curse, you're devoted to woe. I know all you're going to say, well, I never cursed Jesus. I'm too afraid to do that. But in some form or fashion, we all have. When you start saying, like, you're mad at him, or this is not true, or whatever that is, you're devoted to what it says right here. You become devoted to, to woe. When you start unbelieving, you're devoted to woe. You're not going to have life. He's saying, I want you to stay in Jesus. I want you to stay in that. When I start getting outside of that, and I become devoted to woe. I begin dark. You ever been there? Some of you there now? I don't know. <laughs> Say, Lord Jesus. Say, I'm not ignorant. Concerning spirituals. In my life, I've been given to understand. And I'm not ignorant about your church. We're a speaking church. We speak by God's life. We've got something to say. We've got something with meaning. 
He's awakened you to that. Amen. So when we come together, we're making room for the spirit of his kingdom, right? And this is where I want to anchor you with today. As God's kingdom gets closer in your life, you may get a little more uncomfortable with your life. That happens. The closer he gets, the more uncomfortable you become. The closer his kingdom manifests, the more you feel a little tighter, a little tighter, right? I want to prepare you for that. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. And I want you to keep praying his kingdom come. If you're tired, Anna, you can sit down. Hand for Anna. Luke chapter 5, I'm going to start in verse 1. find my little Bible here. I think I'll use this one. And, and I'm exhorting you, and I want you to get it today. I want you to know the experience of it, right? Um, put, who has a, an Amplified Bible with them? Ephesians chapter 3, the 19th verse. I want you to read it out loud. And today, there's days we've been having intense days. We've been having prophetic days. We've been having days and welcoming his kingdom. But today's just a, a pause. Say a pause. Rest, encouraged, understand some of the ways of God. So when he comes in that breath again, we'll go on with those ways. Amen? So we can cooperate. Say he's a living Christ. I'm following him. That's what we're doing here. And watch what he's doing. Already new songs are happening. Things are happening. I was way encouraged. Uh, I, I, we went into that. I don't know where it was. Teen Challenge. And Jimmy was like, he got in there and he was doing all the stuff, putting things together, making mics, <laughs> putting them together. And then he stopped and he looked and he said, I, wanna, I, wanna, I feel this is going to happen. I feel like we should just go right into the flow with God. Is that what you said? Something like that, right? Yeah, let's not just do it this way. But obviously... It made me smile because of sensitivity, that he's not doing the rote thing like, okay, we're going to do this song, this song, this song, and this is what we planned. No, he said, I'm emptying that out because Christ is Lord here, and I got to do something here. I got to change something here. I'm going to build his church that way here. Amen? So I was pretty happy about that. I was pretty happy hearing that. I was happy seeing that. I go, wow, that's just adjusting in the moment. Even though in his busyness, he's still listening inside. That's reality, right? And in doing so, the, the whole team joins together, and, 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 they, and they all spark. And they all begin to do that thing. And then that thing begins to happen, and Christ gets to appear. And he, and he started over on one side of the building. I can see a section of, of people, God's so heavy on them. And then the next string, it started happening. Because of one man's obedience, so to speak. Amen? And because all of them, so, so to speak, are, are connected. You know what I mean? One strikes and another one happens. It's cool. It's real. Luke chapter 5. So anyway, I want to encourage you that as these things begin to happen and greater light begins to happen in our lives, if you're serious about change, stick around and let God deal with you. Let him unfold these things in your life. Transformation. Say, I'm here for transformation. You were born again for a purpose, not just to sit in a pew, but be transformed and real. Find your callings, your elections, things that you're supposed to do with God and in God and building his church to extend his kingdom. That's real. Making a difference, not just making money, making a difference in society. That's salt and light. That's what we're called to do. And we're privy to having a visit from God, and he's given us direction. Say, 2013, I'm returning to simple things in God, meaningful things in God, remaining things in God. And that's by his spirit. And we got that chance to enter into the spirit of his kingdom, the spirit of that grace. Amen? 
I'm encouraging you. I want to strongly encourage you. But also I want to tell you, and I know my own experience I had this week. And I know that you, how it works with God. It's not my first rodeo. But as you get around it stronger, he begins, you're going to see some things in you you didn't think were in you as strong. Some things that you thought you had. Well, you know what? When I'm walking this way, I'm okay. But when that light gets closer, I start, you start seeing some of the ugly you. And yeah, yeah you're going to weep. And yeah, you're going to get sad. And, and, but you're not to get discouraged. Some of, that stuff, some of that stuff in the beginning of the week that I saw, it wasn't expected. I came home on a Monday from this fellowship praying, uh, pondering things that you were saying about that turning over, the spirit of it, the presence of it, trying to follow God in it. I had a great day, came home, and then I got a phone call, and then my whole world went different. And, I, and, and, and some of the things that I thought I would respond properly in, I responded not properly in. And I go, ooh, who is this? And, and I kind of got... I got discouraged for a moment, but the cool thing is God's light lances that. He brought that out, said, here, I'm going to bring that out. I'm going to lance it. I'm going to cut it off from you. I'm going to give you a Jacob experience, and some of you need that, where, where maybe you walk in a lot of fear. I have before. Anxiousness, worry, unbelief, or whatever your gig is. We all have them. Say we all have them. You can't sit up there in pious and say, oh, no, not me. I thank you that I'm not like them. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I could tell you are right now. Just be honest with yourself and make the change. Transformation. Whatever that thing is in your life, whether it's a fear, anxious, God will touch your hip like he did Jacob. And he'll take that strength out that you call, you think it's a hindrance, that strength of fear or that strength of worry or that strength of unbelief that gets in the way of God progressing in your life. Anxiety, whatever it is, I'm just saying him. He'll touch that hip and take the strength out of it. And then it's almost like when you're a little kid and you get spanked. You ever been all haughty and mouthy when you're a little kid? Nah, 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 I don't care. Nah, 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 nah. And then somebody says, hey, pap. And then you go like, it takes the strength out of you. It takes the strength out of you right away. It takes the wind out of your sails. You're over there like flying out like this. And, and you feel like you can't move. And you don't want to talk. You don't. That's the correction of God. For the furthering of God in your life. Don't despise it. Welcome it. Yeah, it took it off of me. I, I was I was talking like I was chat chattering for a while. I said, Anna, this is how that da, 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 poof. I was like, I, I became silent. I didn't talk for two days. I was wondering if I was Zechariah in the temple of God. <laughs> God promised a promise. I can't talk. Uh, you're you're gonna be quiet. You talk too much. Shh. Have you ever been there? I have you you got to know recall that time when you were so yeah no mom no I'm not doing any of this no dad no nothing whack 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 <laughs> some of you it's like whack 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 and then you and then all of a sudden you went from this thing all to this how many have been there put your hand up some of you ain't been spanking come on up here <laughs> but a bing take that heavy edge off you but it silenced me. It seriously did. It sobered me. It silenced me. That's the kingdom. See, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm telling us, I'm cooperating with God with the knowledge I have. Lord, your kingdom come, your transformation come. Yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, it's coming. And yeah, it's coming for you in this area. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, Father. <laughs> what would you like me to do? Huh? What? What'd you say? Say it. If you're going to say it out loud, say it. Don't just say it. Mutter it. Oh, Sinbad. Oh, she's thinking about the uh, comedian. But I want to encourage you, those are, that's where transformation begins. 
You know, I mean, revelation is a great thing. It, it makes us encourage me. Go, hey, hey, did you see that scripture, Arthur? Hey, did you see that thing? Did you see that thing? And we were happy about what we saw. But that light's to go further is to uncover things in our lives that aren't like his life. And that light slays and it kills things in our life. That's transformation. Do you know that I was talking to Josh the other week? I said, transformation only belongs to Jesus and it's real, right? I said, you get it through the renewing of your mind through the word. Your mind changes, but transformation changes as you obeying God unto a mortification with God. Say mortification. A deadening of that thing that was once so lively in you. I've dealt with many young people that, that try to have change in pornography. And that what they end up doing is trying to use their will. I will not. I will not. I will not. And they see that girl. They say, wow. It's still in there. Right? Changes. I will not. I will not. I will not. Maybe you start there. But the transformation is different. It's God's encounters in you. And so when you start doing that, and the Lord says, in the kingdom, if you look on a woman and gaze upon her, you're in lust, buddy. And then when you catch that person, you can go, any man, look at Any man sees a woman say, she's pretty cute. And then you go from cute to, guess what? Now you're in trouble. And guess what? God's alive in you. And guess what? He's going to correct you in that area. And he's going to expose that. And yeah, we might get a little embarrassed, say embarrassed, and a little blushing in our cheeks. And we should, says who? Ezekiel who? Jeremiah says they don't blush anymore in this nation. They don't get embarrassed anymore. Not anymore at all. What we used to get embarrassed and blush to talk about, everybody's rapping about. Go figure. Tell me it hadn't changed. We were embarrassed to talk about it. And even when we were young, we probably wanted to talk about it in secret. <laughs> but we were going to say it out loud. But now we're rapping about it. Boom, boom. I was going to try, but Horace, you were here, and I'd be embarrassed. Because yeah. <laughs> you were here, you were going to say, I, I, I'll show you how to flow, son. He's like, <laughs> I'll you, about the 80s. you think about that's right. Hey, that's right. We're the expendables, 80s. Yeah, the, the 80s. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> we got the 80s. But it'll embarrass you, but it'll take the strength out of us. Amen. That's the kingdom. Say the kingdom. Who has Ephesians 3.19? I told you to read it. Read it loud. Loud with your voice. Okay. That's, is that the Amplified? That you may really come to know. Say that you may really come to know. Practically. Say practically. Through experience. Say it again. Through experience. For yourselves. Paul wrote that whole book to the Ephesian church. And never once did he say, I want you to be indoctrinated. I want, you to, I want you to know the doctrine and the position a little better. No, he goes, I want you to experience something in God. I want you to experience it. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the first chapter of that book, let's just finish this. such a good scripture. The love of Christ that passes mere knowledge. Say mere knowledge. Mere knowledge don't transform you. It's just heady thinking without experience. That you may be filled through all your being until all the fullness of God. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. It's Arthur's fault. <laughs> I can't help it, man. Craig, be quiet. <laughs> it's your fault. Because you, you introduced me to somebody the other night. And they want to talk about the fullness of God. Yes. 
I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, Craigslist, I'm nice. Say, Jehovah's happy today. <laughs> anyway, it, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this or not. Let's just see. Now, you may know that this is the fullness of God, right? It says by experience. That's what it says, right? Until all the fullness of God that you may know the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body. Say a body. Not just a man and a woman, but a body. Holy filled and flooded with God himself. Say Paul didn't want to just tell him doctrine. He wanted them to have experience in Christ. His church was going to be a living church. Christ church living. Say living. And see, I'm pushing it because we're going to get there. Revelation precedes manifestation. But if we just say what he's saying, he'll move on that saying and things will begin to happen. Let's go, let's go back to Ephesians 1. And I want to, I'm going to anchor you up here a little bit out of Luke chapter 5. And see, we're talking about the kingdom again. And we're not playing with a message. We're, we're, we're echoing God's voice when it talks about the kingdom. It brings something with its substance. You know, as a matter of fact, it was Josh the other day. He said, the light came. I said, that's the beginning of transformation. He said, I didn't have to think about the scripture. It stuck. I said, that's God. His word sticks. It's like glue. It's substance. Listen, it's for everyone. Tell your neighbor it's for everyone. We make things too hard. We make things too difficult. And that's why God said, return to simplicity. We make it too hard. Oh, I don't know how to get revelation. Do I fast 42 days? Should I not eat anything? Should I walk over needles and, and, and gravel and then I'll have a revelation? No, you'll just be cutting in pain. A revelation is freely given to any man or woman that will give thought to the thought of God. That's meditation, right? I told you last week, Jesus said, think on this, Peter. And he goes, okay. And pow, God joined his thought. If you just give yourself to his words in your heart, the scripture, the light will begin to come. Say simplicity. You'll get light. That'll begin to change you. You'll have a real faith that way, right? Say, I got to go back to his words. Simplicity, pure devotion to Jesus. Simplicity. Think on his thoughts. You're going to think on something anyway. You know you are. You're going to think about, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills. That's called worry. Meditation is negative. You know, like, well, I don't know. What if I don't have a job tomorrow? What if I don't have this? What if I don't have that? Or whatever you're thinking on, use that faculty to think on God. Think on what's pure, what's lovely, what's holy. Think on these things. Right? Say, I'm going to think. I may even overthink on something. But I want to think on his words. Yeah, in the scripture that are written, in your heart that are spoken. Either way. Amen? Where did I say to go? Let's go to Ephesians 1 real quick, because we're talking about light, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to encourage you. You said you said that for an hour. Yes, I did. I still have 20 minutes. Ephesians chapter 1. It says that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Say, whose will? Say, things remaining, this is will, right? To the saints, say, I'm a, one of the saints. Now, I know I got a New Orleans fan in here. Don't get too happy, huh? I know how it is. I saw you wearing that New Orleans hat. To the saints who are at Ephesus, and who are the faithful in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father. Say that with me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you know what that word blessed means? 
It means to speak well of. Look it up in your concordance. Blessed, blessed means speak well of. I'm going to speak well of the Father. I'm going to speak well of what he's done. I'm going to speak well of that. Because in the next verse he says, because he's blessed you and he's spoken well of you with all spiritual blessings. And if you read your Bible, and I'll do it on another day maybe, his speaking well of us is in all through these chapters that we're his inheritance, that we have the hope of his calling, that we have all that. That's his speaking well of us as it unfolds. But I don't want to go there today. I want to go to the next verse. So let's go to the next. Let's go to verse uh, 15. For this reason I have heard of, the, of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you and your love for all the saints. I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit, say a spirit, of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, say enlightened, so that you may know, say intuitively know, what is the hope of, say, his calling. When I was a young guy, I read that, what is the hope of my calling? What am I called to do? What am I called to do? What am I called to do? But that's, that was out of context. This is the hope of his calling. It's bigger than my calling, right? <laughs> I mean, I wanted to know what I was supposed to do, and everybody goes through that. But reality, a text taken out of context as a pretext, uh, that's stretching a little bit. He said, I want to talk about the hope of his calling. What, is, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Where are they? In the saints. Say, it's in me. These riches are in me. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? These are in accordance with the working, say the working, of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And he seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, and power, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. And he gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Read this together with you. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I want you to pray the next few weeks this prayer that Paul prayed for us. That the eyes of your light, uh, eyes of your light, that your eyes would be flooded with light. That you would know the hope of his calling. What is the inheritance in us, the glory in the saints? I want you to pray that and make it part of your prayer life for this next week or so. Because as you're doing that, God's going to begin to answer that. Because that's the will of God. Say the will of God. And I'm attending to what remains. And I want you to start doing that and prepping your life for that. Because there's an element of light in that that's going to begin to happen in you. Say it's going to begin to happen in me. I'm a part of God's happening. Say it. Tell your neighbor. I'm a part of God's happening. God's always happening. And I'm a part of that happening. He's alive in me. Say Jesus is the resurrection. I have resurrection. When I pray... There's energy, there's presence, there's power, because I'm connected to the head. He said it's towards us, transmitted to us, all right? We'll get on that another time. I kept telling you I'm going to exhort you, and I am sort of, but I want to go back to Luke 5, and I want to finish this up. I'm trying, Jimmy, Keith, trying. So back on the thought that I was telling you, as the kingdom comes, you're going to see some things about you. Say, that's a good thing. God wants to transform my life. I'm predestined to be a son of God. 
I'm predestined to have more of his image and his likeness. I'm predestined to have that real thing, not that religious thing. Amen? And let's read. Now, so it's so Craig's encouraging. He's trying anyway. Luke chapter 5, right? Let's start in 1. And it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. I, I, want, you to, I want you to write down your notes. It says that people pressed to him. It means pressed into him. They got really tight and they were looking to hear something. That's called in, in, in James the law of draw. He said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's the law of draw. When people press in to hear something, they really want to hear it. They get something. They don't stand aloof. They're not standing far away. They're not over here saying Jesus is a curse and devoted for that depression thing. But they're right there and they're saying, I got to hear something. They said they press. Say they pressed. Say the law of draw. I draw near to him. He'll draw near to me. You could be in your house. You could be in your bathroom. You could be in your school. You could be wherever. And you have a draw on Jesus. Guess what? You're going to get something back. Say law of draw. Always works. It's God. He said to hear the word of God and where he stood by the lake of Gensarite. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. And they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. Say Simon's. Say there was two ships that he he was looking at and he entered one, which was Simon's. Say Simon's. Simon means in, in the Greek, one blowing like the reed. Not a strong person, but one person blowing like a reed. Say, blowing like a reed. Say, I've been like Simon in some areas of my life. I've had that thing where I'm blown around instead of anchored and rooted. I've been blown around. And he said, and Simon, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse 4. And now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, say, the one that blows in the wind. Launch out into the deep. I want you to say that over your own life. Say, it's time for me to launch out into the deep. A little bit deeper with God. A little bit deeper in His kingdom. A little bit deeper in my relationship. A little bit tighter in my walk with God. A little more pure in my heart with God. Say, it's time to launch out. Say, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets. Say, nets. For a drought. And Simon, verse 5, answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. What was that? Oh, man, that was like, I thought Robocop was here. Uh, And I was going to do this, like, right here. (laughs) I I was hoping that these were bulletproof. I was like, the Pope has one. How come we can't? I don't get it. Did you hear that? It was like... Wow, scared me, Chris. <laughs> Say, I mean you no harm. Tell me that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Simon Asher said, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Have you done that? I did that this week. Hey, Craig, you want to go do this at such and such a place? Hey, you want to go talk to this person? You want to go talk to these people? You want to go talk to that person? And my first response to my soul was, are you kidding me? Lord, I've done this a million times. Got nothing I've seen out of it. <laughs> do you ever do that? I want you to come and pray on prayer night. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I toiled there forever. You ever been there? I was. I did it that this week. Are you, Lord, are you serious? Go for what? That's what I started saying, right? For what? What for, God? I want to know what for. 
and he just says, go, I got to go. You got to go. Tell your neighbor, go. I don't care if you toiled all night. He don't either. I try. I tried. Lord, come on. Come on. Are you kidding me? Is that ever your response? Because that's your soul. That's your mind. That's not your intuition with God. That's your soul. You want to say, I'm tired. Come on. I'm toiled a lot. I've done this a long time. And I'm seeing a little bit of something, something. You ever done that? And so if you catch yourself in that reaction, Jimmy, he can, he can, he can revelate on it for hours. The first man says no. He can have a whole series. The first man says no, but I always end up go. <laughs> he, he'll probably tell you, man, he'll impart to you because he'll tell you that. But we all do that. We all do that. No, I'm sorry. I did it. I'm not saying it's you. Don't, don't, don't get too uncovered. I'll dress you back up. Here, button up his shirt a little bit. He's feeling a little uncovered. <laughs> But it's, it's the human nature. It's our soul. We, sometimes we, you know, we go through circumstance tries to change us, tries to rob us of hope or our zeal or, or the environment tries to do that. You know, you get around, you keep hammering the word of God and religion it closes in on you and you start feeling like, no, what for? No. Say, not my will, but your will. That's the kingdom, right? I don't got the choice to go where I want, to live where I want. To live where I want, because <laughs> I, I probably lately I'd probably be in Austin on a in, in a Rocky Mountain, whatever you call it. No, man, you yeah, with a river in the back. I saw a property there. There was a river. I'm the I'm the nature guy. I'm the nature. I'm not the nature boy. Woo, <laughs> WWE. Woo, nature boy. But I like that. I like clear water, and I saw rocks, and you could just talk to God. And religion doesn't give you a headache. But. But I love where I am. I love where I am. I love where I am because I'm here by I am. Tell your neighbor. I love where I am because I'm here. Be- I don't know how I said it. Because of I am. Say it again. By I am. That's why I'm happy. That's why you'll be happy. If I am sent you, you'll be happy here. I've been here. Yeah, a long time. 14 years. And I don't wonder why when he said it. I want you to go to such and such. I toiled. <laughs> I toiled already. But this is, what, this is what Peter did, that same thing, right? Or Simon did. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night. You've got to hear our hearts, Jesus. Come on. The night, it says, uh, toiled all night and have taken nothing. Say nothing. Zero. Zilch. That makes me sad. He goes, but this. Nothing, he goes, but having taken nothing, nevertheless, say nevertheless. Tell your neighbor, nevertheless. Nevertheless, at thy word I will do it. Nevertheless, I'll do it. Got no choice. I told Anna, if I said no, I'd be in my room wrestling with God. Who are you? This is what I gave you. This is, what, this is the gift in you. This is what I'm telling you. It's not your gift, Craig. It's not your choice, Craig. It belongs to me. You're going to do what I said or not? And if I say no, I'll be inside there. Unless he, he tells you to say no. Don't get me wrong. Now, it's not always, yes, yes, I yes, yes. Sometimes it's no. You have to say no. And, and maybe that will happen sometime. And he says, and taking nothing, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Oh, look at that. He said, Jesus said, let down your nets. Say, shh. Jesus said, I want you to let down some nets. And, and, and he said, I toiled. I'm arguing a little bit. Okay, I'm still not quite there. I'll let down a net. A net? He said, I said nets. Say, Substitution. Or representation. 
If God goes and tells you, I want you to talk to your friend, friends, you don't just go talk to the one friend. You talk to both of them. That's representation. Say representation. That's what you do, right? All right. Net. He's all down the net. Is that good enough, God? Not really. And when they had done, it says, when, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and the net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should, that they should come and help them. And anyway, and it goes on, it goes, he filled them both the ships, and they began to sink. In verse 8. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. Say astonished. See, when I'm talking about this kingdom thing happening in our lives, and as we get together as a corporate Christ, and we start calling on him for his kingdom and his ways and his reality and transformation, God really does live in you. Say he lives in you. And he does answer some things. Your head don't get it sometimes really fast, but you'll get it eventually. And what I'm trying to tell you is every human being feels like this at times. I, I felt like this two weeks ago. I think it was, I don't know the date, but it was nine minutes and 39 seconds into my prayer. That's pretty good, right? I use that, I use that phone. It tells me. How long was this encounter? God, nine minutes and 39 seconds, Craig. Here's the date, Craig. I, I was telling Josh, journalize your stuff. Every revelation, every inspiration, everything that God ever speaks to you, in you, with you, write it down. We got that. By nowadays, we got phones, and you just do it. And, and, and if you're on the highway, don't pull over and write and stop texting. Don't kill yourself. Memo it. And that's how I know it was nine minutes, 39 seconds into that day, and I date it, and I listen for the I go back and play it back. Say, what did you say, God? Because I was in the moment. What did you say in my heart? It means a lot to me. What did you say? I'm going to believe that thing. I'm going to believe that thing because you spoke that thing, and then I'm going to obey that thing because you said that thing. That's how it goes with progression. Amen? I talked to a young man that's been in a devastated situation this week and and uh, horrible. His heart's ripped up and, and all these things. And he said, Craig, man, we talk and, and uh, I get pumped up. I get inspired. And I said, you get hope. But I said, but that hope is to step into faith and that faith is to be obedience. So when, because he said, man, I wish I could put you in my pocket. I said, I'm not Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're in trouble and you don't know right from wrong, give a little whistle. <laughs> Isn't that, that Jimmy the Cricket, his ministry? Jimmy the Cricket's ministry. <laughs> That's his ministry. And he said, Craig, I wish I could put you in my pocket. Now, I kind of was offended, man. I said, I'm a little bigger than that, right? Because <laughs> I'm big guys want to put me in a pocket. I said, I told him, I did sing that song to him. I said, I'm not, I'm not Jimmy Cricket. You got Christ in you. I'm just confirming it. You hear it. I listen to you. You know it. You know it. I'm just confirming it. Right? So the point is, I said, you get inspired. And a lot of us do. This is real life. Say, tell your neighbor it's real life. We hear God. We get hope. That's what happens. He's the God of all hope. And you feel a feeling like his presence. You go, wow. And you go, this feels pretty cool. You know? And if you're Pentecostal, you'll say, glory. You know? I don't know. Whatever it is. But just say, I felt it. But that's hope. Say hope, right? But that's to inspire us. Hope will inspire us to what? To believe. Not in our own strength, a believing, right? But it doesn't stop there. Sometimes day one, you have hope, inspiration. Day two, faith, inspiration. Day three, no inspiration. 
Now what do you do? Huh? Well, I know what most people do. They go back to being depressed, discouraged, and back to that same problem and sin. But what's God want you to do? Say hope, faith, next step is obedience. I told him that. I said, listen, man, if you want success in it, did God speak to you? Yeah, man, I was pumped, but I don't feel the feeling. It's like, like me giving something to Jared. Like, yeah, you can love these glasses. I give it to him, and he's like so excited about it, <laughs> and he's so pumped about it, and, he, and he, he feels good feelings about it, and he goes, man, I got those Urkel glasses. Thank you so much. And, and then uh, he takes them home, right, and he's pumped. He talks to his kids about it. Uh, day one, day two, by Wednesday, he's like, I don't care those plastic things. And I don't feel the feeling of that. Does that mean he doesn't have it anymore in his possession? This is to say, say I'm growing up. God gave it to you. It, you have it, whether you feel excited about it or not. So now what do you do? When you can't read, you obey and you put these things on, right? So it's not just a, for real growth. It's, a, it's obedience. And I know people aren't used to that. See, Say, faith is for us. Say, faith for us. For us to receive, to believe. Obedience belongs to him, to further him, to further his kingdom. So we in the kingdom need to get a little bit more obedience-minded, right? And, and you're going to learn it. If you're really serious about God, of Jesus, it says he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And sometimes you go through some sufferings, right? And what do you learn from that? To obey. You obey. Tell your neighbor, obedience. That's the next thing. That's what I carry the will of God out with, obedience. I guarantee you, a lot of you in here, that if you would just obey what God said to you yesterday, you'd be in a new today. Guarantee you. Whatever he said yesterday, if you would just obey it, you'd be in another, a new today. The breakdown is obedience because we don't feel it. But part of the kingdom is that you deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow, right? Say obedience. Say I'm willing. And I'm obedient. And I will eat the fruit of the land. Obedience. Say obedience. It's better than my religious sacrifice. Obedience. With your eyes closed. I really feel, I know there's some of you in here that you, as I'm talking, to you, you know you heard some things from God in a real way. Maybe yesterday, maybe a year from ago, whatever it is. I want you in your heart and your mind, whatever God has impressed you to do in your heart, I don't care if it was a year ago, and you just were inspired by it, but didn't obey into it, check it in your heart. And write it down in your heart and obey that thing today. I don't care if you don't feel the, the excitement from it, even if it was a year ago. But if he, just, if he put that in your heart and you knew it was him, obey it today and watch you enter into the next new thing in your life. You've got to pick up the fragments. You've got to obey yesterday's word to enter into the next. That's God. That's how it really works. If you got that, you can open your eyes again. I'm going to finish up here. And he said, depart from me, right? Depart from me. And that's how you'll feel sometimes. And listen, depart from me. You, you, when that happens in your life and things start showing up in your life, sometimes maybe you feel exasperated. I know I have before. I know, you know what I told God? Seriously? I was in that back of that room. I said, man, you're, you're giving abundance of revelation. I'm getting a lot of tonnage of God. I'm, I'm getting a lot of light from God. I'm so thankful. And then this sense comes over me. I don't think, I don't know if I could, I'm good at this. I don't know if I can retain this at this level. I don't know if I could keep this at this level. I'm saying to God, like Peter's saying, I don't think I'm good at this. 
I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I could remain in this. I don't know if I could keep this. Have you ever been there? I don't know. God, you got the wrong guy. I'm not good at this thing. I don't think I could do this. Like you're saying, I don't think I could retain it. I don't think I could flow in it. I don't know about it, but I know it's you and it's your beauty, but it's my ugly that makes it feel horrible. Have you ever been there? And what does the Lord say? And he's hearing Simon the reed blowing. And it's in your life when you do it. Listen, and when you get to meeting some real things with God, you'll have that sense of that feeling. Isaiah had it in sixth chapter. He said, look, I'm looking at Israel. You read your Bible, Isaiah 1 through 5. Israel, you're horrible. Israel, you're doing so rotten. Israel, you're doing this. Israel, and he was right. He had not much good to say about Israel. But on the sixth chapter, he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up. And he was king. Over the throne. So as much as we see the negative thing, God says, I want you to look up here. I'm still king. And I got something to say. And my, my, uh, my robe will fill the temple, my presence. And, so you, so, and he goes, wow, I'm feeling this beauty. I'm seeing this beauty of God, the prophet Isaiah said. But I'm feeling ugly too. And he goes, hey, don't worry about it. Take the coal. Cleanse your lips. And, I, and I'm going to send you. I'm going to use you. Right? So when you feel that way, and as God's drawing closer to all your lives in a real way, because you're getting real with God, and you feel the depart from me, maybe I don't feel good at this, or uh, 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 whatever it is that you're feeling in that departing, listen. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, right? I don't care. What, you, you fill in the blank. Depart from me. I'm a... I, I'm, I'm a doubtful man. Depart from me. I, I feel like a, a, a weak man in this area. Depart from me. I'm a double-minded man sometimes. Lord, you know that. I, I, I told Josh, I don't fear devils and I don't fear all that stuff. I fear the old me. I fear the old self to get in the way of God. I fear the old what I want. I feel the old strength of, of my fearful soul. I fear that. I don't fear demons and all that stuff. In my name, they go. But my soul, I live with it. It's supposed to be renewed and come under obedience. But sometimes he tries to rise up. Does it ever happen in your life? And that's why you say, depart from me. I don't know. Lord, I don't know sometimes. I don't trust me. You're so beautiful and you're giving me a lot of delegation. You're giving me a lot more stuff from you. Thank you, but I don't trust the old me. Matter of fact, I'm afraid. Ever been there? And what does Jesus say? Listen, it should pump you up. You ever been there where you feel like the least? You know, you could quote all the scriptures. I feel, okay, this is the one. Chiefest of sinners I was, least of the apostles, yeah, whatever that check, that inconsistency, whatever it is that you feel, that inferiority. How many ever dealt with inferiority? Huh? Some just laugh. I have. I have. They, people think, it can't be you. You're like crazy radical like a lion. Yeah. When I'm in Christ, in God, and I'm moving. But then when I got to contemplate what he's saying, his beauty compared to my ugly, then I want to say, I, yeah, I'll do whatever you're saying, but you know I could, I could miss it. Say, God's got to deal with that. You know, he deals with that in our lives. Because it's not, this is reality when you get close to God. It's not many mighty, not many noble. It's just those who are available. God didn't make a mistake when he called you. I used to tell him that. You called the wrong guy. I don't like to talk publicly. You made a mistake, Lord. No, he didn't. He said, from your mother's womb, I made you a prophet to speak to the nations. Jeremiah, 
And I go, no, you got the wrong guy. I can't talk. I don't like talking. I don't like talking around all that. But God knew what he did. He knew what he called you to do. And the way that God really calls you is the impossible things for you to do. That's what he called you to do. And if you feel like depart from me, say, I'm in good company. He says, depart from me. You know what else? I was reading that scripture, and he goes, depart from me. Why? Because he's on a boat. And he's like, Jesus, I saw you walk on water, so get on out, because I can't. <laughs> Go on. You depart from me, because I can't leave. I'm stuck in this boat. Huh? That was just, that's extra. And he goes, for I'm, I'm whatever. I'm unable. I'm not good at it. Whatever your excuse is. I, I remember when I first got saved. I didn't even want to say I was a Christian. I said, I don't want to say that because I, I'm not good at it yet. It's good at being a Christian. I, I'm just talking about my religious mind. I got, I got, say, I, I called on the Lord. I said, man, say me. And I go, I'm not saying because I don't, I don't look like those other guys yet. I don't look as good as they look yet. And I was, I'm just, I say it's religious. I was ignorant. That's not what God, how God sees it. We all know, and you guys are all rebuking me with your, don't you know that you're the righteousness of God? I didn't know any of that. I just picked up a Bible and say, Jesus Christ, be Lord. I want you in my life. Something happened. And then I went out and I said, I don't want to say it yet. I said, I know I did this, but I don't want to say it because I don't, I don't look like they look. I don't feel like they say it so perfectly. I can't quote a scripture. I can't, I can't, say, I can't say what they say. So how do I, how am I, why am I going to say that? I'm not a good representation of that brand, God. You ever been there? I know I did when I started out. And God takes that simple thing, man, and he keeps working with you and graces you and works with you and graces you. That's where he does in all of our lives, say forever. Say from glory to glory, faith to faith. And he said he was astonished, depart from me, and he goes on. And this is, this is how he's feeling, right, as he's seeing the kingdom or seeing the king. Where am I at? Simon, if you're not, okay, okay that's what he said. For he was astonished, verse 9, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes that were taken. In verse 10, so was also James and John and sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, this is what he said. Did he say, you're right? Say, he said, Simon, you're right. You ain't going to make it. You're not going to retain it. You're not going to keep it. And you're right. Did he say that? Huh? What did he say? He said, fear not. That's what he's saying to me and you. That's what he said to me. That's what he's saying to you. That's what he said to Peter. That's what he's saying to you. What you think you can't be that he's made you to be. What you think you can't do what he's delegated you to do. What you think that you feel inferior about. I'm not able to talk like this or do like this. Simply, he's saying, he didn't even, he didn't even reason about that. He just said, fear not. What he's saying is, bottom line is, I paid. I'm going to pay. I already paid for him. I'm going to pay for us. I've already paid for all your strength of your soul, Craig. I've already paid for all your worries. I've already paid for your inferiorities. I already nailed it to the cross. I've already paid that for you. So that's not, that's not a, a deal to me, the Lord would say. He said, it may feel like a deal to you, but I already nailed that to the cross. I've abolished that in your life. I've taken the strength away from that, so I'm not talking about that, and I'm not going to look at how you think you look or how you feel about you in this moment. I'm telling you, fear not. Tell your neighbor, fear not. That's his answer to you for whatever you're dealing with right now. Fear not. I don't care what form of fear. Inferiority, insecurity, panic, 
Fear is the Greek word is phobos, like phobia. Whatever phobia you have, fear not. And this is what he says, right? Fear not. Should that make you happy? It made me happy. Fear not. From henceforth, you shall catch men. You know what he says in, in Matthew or Mark? He says, this is what he says, and I'm going to paraphrase it in simplicity. You're feeling inferior. You're feeling insecure. You're feeling the closest of my kingdom. That's okay. But fear not. Don't be afraid. If you'll just keep following me, I'm going to make something out of you. I'm going to make you that predestined thing that you're to be. So quit looking at all this stuff, right? Quit panicking. Quit fearing. Don't do any of that. Just follow me. Say, just follow me. And I'm going to make something out of you. This verse says a fisher of men. God's making is by our following. Will you close your eyes for a second? Whatever area it is that you, as if it hasn't happened and it begins to happen, I want to encourage you in God and with his word that if whatever uncovers, whatever insecurity, whatever thing, the, the inabilities that you feel. And I, I know we can all confess the scripture. I'm more than an able. I'm more than a conqueror. That's good. That's a beginning. But I'm talking those deep-seated issues, those deep-seated things that pop up. And you, you, you're afraid of the old you more than anything else. You're afraid of what you're going to do more than anything else. Fear not. All you got to do, Jesus is saying, is I'm not looking at that. I'm saying, follow me. Just continue to follow me, and I'm going to make you the man you're to be. I'm going to make you what you were predestined to be. I'm going to make you that thing by the following of me. So don't just look at it. Follow. Say, follow me, and I'll make you that thing. I'll make you my happening. I'll make that happen in you. You don't got to do it. I'll make it happen as you're following me. That's real. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you relate to the sound of this voice for today in your life, I want you to throw your hand up as a sign and a point of contact to say, God, that's me and I'm ready. All right, I see the hand. I see the hands. I see the hands. I see, yeah, yeah. Put both hands up. Everyone put both hands up now. There's a lot of hands. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you with all my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength. And I welcome you in your entirety. As Lord, as Christ, as King in my life, no matter how I feel, inferior, insecure, whatever it is, I'm just following, and you're making. I'm following, and you're going to make me that thing. You're going to make that God happening in me, in a real way, in Jesus' name. If you got something, give God thanks, will you?